Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. of the Night Report Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again, co-host Richie Schneiderite, Greg Epstein. Guys, I don't think we've ever had a day like yesterday in Rutgers sports history. Maybe that's hyperbole. I'm, I'm just riding this high right now. We got two commitments. We had a, a huge win in basketball. Biggest commitment in basketball program history in all likelihood. And I know people have kind of compared them to, to another Bailey who we can kind of get into from Rutgers past, but let's just start right there. Class of 2024, five-star, number five overall, Ace, Arius Ace Bailey has committed to Rutgers. He is a high school teammate of 2023 commit, Jamichael Davis, who's a guard. This kid is NBA ready, I would say. He is just an offensive and defensive force. Uh, Richie, tell us how this came together and what Rutgers is getting in Ace Bailey. Uh, I guess I got to start the pod with holy shit. <laughs> wow. What what a get. That was my reaction when I was sitting there watching the Giants game and I'm like just my buddy's buddy's so, a UNC fan. Go on. So let's all talk through that because I think that was <laughs> so the person who broke the news is Jordan Schultz of the score. I mm-hmm. see it on Twitter. It's been up for 10 minutes. Go to the board, it's not on there. I text you guys about it. And Rich, you tell me your reaction, and then Craig, you tell yours, because Craig's got a good story about this too. Well, I saw your I, I what do you call it? I was looking at your text, and like as I'm looking at your text, like my buddy like is a big UNC fan, and we always back on each other, we go back and forth. And uh he just looks at me and goes, Yo, did Rutgers just get a top five kid? And I'm like, Who? Like, did they just get a Harper? And he's like, No, it's uh Arius Bailey. I'm like, they got fucking ace, holy shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> down to my text, I'm like, oh my god, the group chat just blew up. What, what, what's going on? Like, what do I do? Like, what do I do with my hands? Like, <laughs> uh, absolutely, like insane. And I'm just sitting there, like, watching the Giants game, and I'm like, what just happened? Like, I'm. They're all like, dude, mm-hmm. you're not paying attention. Like, did you don't you see that big play that Saquon just did? And I'm like, what? Like, no, dude, fuck that. Like, we're, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> like, I gotta do something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, absolutely insane. I think I think Craig's story probably tops mine though. Yeah, I mean, so I was at out covering the Rutgers Ohio State game, which, I mean, we'll get into that, but, I mean, just what an incredible game, what an incredible atmosphere. Might have probably played a little bit of a role in Ace committing here, but, I mean, uh, just after the game, you know, we're in there doing the post-game press conference stuff, uh, to talk to the players. I have, I have my phone. I think I have my phone in airplane mode, so I couldn't see your text messages at, when, at the second you sent them, but then when I turned it off airplane mode, I saw, I think I saw Mike, like, OMG, OMG, holy shit, you know, that type of thing. I'm like, what happened? And I look and I see, did you guys put in the tweet, Jordan Schultz uh, reports that Ace Billy's coming to Rutgers, and I just turn around and go to Jerry uh, Jerry and uh, Brian. I'm like, Ace Bailey just committed to Rutgers, and their eyes light up, and they're like, what? And everybody in the room is just like, <laughs> they're just like what? It's like, it's so, like, sudden, so, like. So out of the blue, because like you said, Jordan was the guy who had it. I'm the, like, none of us knew it was coming. So it's just like Rutgers just came off this humongous win. And then it's just like, holy, ho- like you said, holy shit. Like, they just got a mm-hmm. five-star kid on top of that. It's like, 
did we just die? Like, oh my, like, oh my <laughs> god, this is this is like Rector's heaven. I'm gonna say, yeah. if you're playing the game that someone brought up on the boards where you're drinking every time we curse, just stop. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be Same passed way. out. Yeah, yeah, hopefully you're not driving while you're playing that game. I didn't think about that. Sure, but yeah. I don't know what you're doing on the weekends, but I mean, if, <laughs> if we're trying to get people to play this game, most people listen to their car, so I'm just saying that's fair. That's fair. So anyway, um, I guess we we'll go back to how this your original question, how this all happened. Um, I want to put some footage on the screen too. We can talk about uh, about his game and stuff. So yeah, no, I, as this all happened, Rutgers has just been pushing for him for quite some time. Um, he visited campus twice. He took an unofficial in June, I think it was, and then took an official back in September. Um, they've just been doing a great job recruiting him overall. I don't know what just happened to the screen because it just went black. Oh, okay. There we go. Never mind. It's back. Um, but yeah, no, he's just, they've just been putting in the effort. Now, there's a unique connection here that we've mentioned in the past. Brandon Knight is, so long story short, this is, this is a long one. He plays Long for Athletes long. Athletes of Tomorrow, the AAU program. It's ran by Omar Cooper, who's a Jersey guy, father of Sharif Cooper, who ended up actually going to Auburn, who was a finalist as well. And um, his sister is a former WNBA player, uh, played D1 college basketball, is the goddaughter of Brandon Knight. So there's a unique connection there between uh, Cooper, who runs the AAU program, to Brandon Knight, who's just been recruiting, like, crazy ever since he got this new contract extension he's easily earned it in my opinion at this point um but yeah he they just put in all the effort uh it came down to Rutgers or Auburn I know he had a top 12 with uh what was it Kentucky and a bunch of other schools Tennessee uh I just had a West Virginia was it West Virginia yeah West Virginia Arkansas Memphis Texas Georgia South Carolina Oregon and um honestly at the end of the day NIL actually played a factor I know we've been talking about it on the boards um, people are like questioning me when I said, don't, don't count out Rutgers. Like, I know this is an NIL driven recruitment a little bit, but don't count out Rutgers here. And people are like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, like they, hoops, hoops got it down. Hoops knows what they're doing. Um, trust Pike. We like Pike and, uh, just a great win for Rutgers. Um, this is just, <laughs> it's insane. They got a top five. This is a one and done. Like, I didn't think we'd yeah. get to the point where Rutgers is getting one and done. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a guy who this is like what NBA teams look for in a you know a high level prospect between the height he's between I've seen him listed between six nine and six ten he's got he's super lengthy um, he plays great defense he's got a really well developed uh, mid and out, outside shot like he he has like really really pretty shooting form like he's just like picture perfect in terms of like what you want a shot to look like. He can. He's shown the ability to hit from outside, from the mid range, turnarounds. He's got a lot of moves. Like he's got that dog in him. There's a bunch of clips of him online. Like you know, guys coming at him because he's you know he is you know a top five recruit and just like dominates them. Um, and he's also got handle. Like he, there's plenty of clips of him also just like taking the ball up, blowing past smaller guards, and you know you know dunking on centers in, in high school. Obviously, you know you're not going to face many kids his size in high school, but he's just, he shows just this like huge bag of, of moves, this huge like tool chest of things he could turn to in a game where he's, he's just so polished and so well-rounded as a prospect. And he's so freaky of an athlete. Like, look at this, the, the clips on the screen right now, he takes the ball at the half court, crosses a guard over and then yams on a, on a center. It's, it's just like, 
did I, yeah. you saw my reaction kind of because I watched it like as you were talking and I'm just like oh shit like yeah he just he just like flew there that was just there's crazy. there's a bunch like you could just keep going down the list and there's yeah. like the kids just legit like yeah um, and fine. and it's really tough to when you're comparing <laughs> guys at the top ten in a, in a class I think it's fair to come in with really lofty comparisons. The few comparisons I've seen of him, which I kind of like, are Jabari Smith and and don't kill me for this, guys, but KD. I think there is some KD to his game. <laughs> I don't think he's the, the level of prospect KD was. KD was the number two recruit or the number three recruit in his class. But uh, this kid's just got it all. I I can't say anything. I can't, I can't, like, there's no end to the superlatives for how good this kid is. I think I know that. Yeah, and I mean, just look, I was just looking at that. I just that picture of him in the Rutgers jersey. I just look at it. He's looking at me. He's like, he kid's what a junior in high school. And he already has like a college level body. I mean, I guess he can put on some more weight. But I mean, you look at him and you're like, holy crap! Like, how does this? How do you guard this guy in high school? Like, this guy is just insane. It's just. I think you don't. That's, that's, that's you why you're dropping like, as many points. That's a good is. answer. <laughs> but just like look at him coming off screens there, like just pick and pop, like. So, oh man, this guy's so good. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And like I was just saying before, uh, like I think I know that point guard. Mm-hmm. I think I know number zero right there, right? Yeah, that's that... Michael Davis, and that Michael obviously Davis. Played, a, played a part in his recruitment. They've <clears throat> they've played together for their entire lives. Basically, they're really good friends. Um, we speculated that you know we took Michael Davis in part to hope it helps with uh, Ace Bailey, and it looks like it definitely played a part. And I believe yeah. they were both at the game yesterday, right? Yes, they were correct. They were both there. Um, maybe that was the, the icing on the cake. Maybe he was going to do it regardless. But this was a uh, this was just a huge, huge thing for Rutgers to get not only get him on campus again for what the third time, but yeah. also to just lock him up. Like that was it. And it seems like he's all in uh, based on everything we've talked to people about. Um, now you have number ninety one. You have number five. Who's next? Is it number number ten? <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? think, Yeah, do you think that us landing Ace Bailey um, helps with Dylan? I'd be lying if I didn't say it slightly helped, but at the end of the day, I don't think it plays a factor whatsoever. In the most, for ninety eight percent of it, doesn't play a factor because it's just like end of the day, Dylan's between Duke and Rutgers. That's that was regardless of Ace coming or not. Does it inch Rutgers a little bit, maybe, but not a ton? I don't think that either one really affected one another's recruitment. Now, that being said, Craig brought it up uh, off the pod. They they are lining up a bunch of shooters, and that's kind of what you need when you have Dylan Harper, who's probably going to drive to the rim a lot. So yep. you have Gavin Griffiths, who's arguably the top shooter mm-hmm. in the country in his class. You'll have Ace, who can kind of do it all. He can shoot from the outside. He can shoot from the mid-range. He can, he can fucking dunk. He can do this. He can do that. Like mm-hmm. He can do anything. Um, Jermichael Davis is a good shooter, but he's more of a ball distributor and a defender, so that kind of helps in that role. And it's uh it's it's interesting because like, and Dolquan Warren's a really good point guard too. So I, I I don't know if it really plays an effect. I still think it's going to be tough for Harper, and we kind of alluded to this too. Where there's smoke, there's fire. So there was some smoke about Duke and Dylan. There was some smoke about Ace and Rutgers, which started what a month ago, about maybe a little more. Yeah. yeah. When Russ Wood made that post on our boards, so it's not crazy, but uh. I, I don't think it plays a role. I think they're still going to obviously pursue the heck out of Dylan. They would love to add Dylan. Um, but I'm not sure uh, how much it affects his recruitment overall. 
Yeah, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I think the further away from the Duke visit we get, the more it probably helps Rutgers, especially if we can get um, Dylan back on campus for a game this mm-hmm. season. That would be um, huge. Because there was a lot of Indiana smoke after he visited Indiana because the Indiana visit went well. And there's no surprise. If you, if your visit goes poorly, that means, like, you really you got to really try to fuck up a visit for these kids because mm-hmm. it's just, like, a templated thing. Like, you take the pictures, you go to a game, you – you know, you get to eat lunch in, you know, these bougie lounges or, you know, recruiting areas. Like, it's designed to be a good trip. Like, you really have to, like, be, like, totally negligent to mess up a recruiting trip. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if they can get Harper on campus a couple more times, his brother's still obviously going to be in his ear. I don't think his family's going to push him in any direction, though. Like, if, no. if, if, if Dylan's like, Ron, I really, you know, I just, Duke's where it's at. Ron will support him 100%. I have no doubt about that, but. You know, Ron's as long as he's uncommitted, Ron's going to definitely be pushing him. Uh, you know, you know, at least taking him on about Rutgers. Um, yeah, hundred percent. But I just the national reaction too has been really cool. Like so many mm. people are like blown away. Like this is honestly, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but this is more of like Rutgers is is on the scene more than the the, the tournament uh, appearances because you know once. Once you can consistently land guys like this, it's hard not to make the tournament, if that makes sense. Like, this is more of a, a sign that Rutgers has made it than made the tournament a couple times with, like, a, you know, a senior-laden squad or, a, you know. Because a lot of the guys who played last year, like, Gio was, a, like, a fifth-year guy. He, sh- he shouldn't have gotten an extra year. If it wasn't for COVID, he wouldn't have. Like, Ron sure. came back for an extra year. We had, like, a really veteran team. We still have a veteran team this year. But landing these, like, one-and-done level kids, it's not easy. There's only – you know, 14 to 20 of them every year that are, like, truly one and done. So, yeah, to me, think of, like, things like this, it's, like, now it's, like, if, like, right now, like, I'll be honest, right now, for me, I'm looking at, so, looking at this Rutgers team, I kind of watch them play. They, obviously, they have a phenomenal defense, but kind of lack, lack a little bit of offense. So, if you told me, right now, I kind of think the ceiling right now is kind of maybe a second weekend team. Like, I, I could see them getting to the Sweet 16, but, like, not – I don't know if I could. I can, I don't know if I can see this team going on a run. But a kid, but getting a kid like this to me moves that bar, or moves that ceiling up to where it's like the second weekend is kind of now becomes kind of the floor where it's like if you get five star kids like this, like to me, it's like that. Then you now you're starting to go into uh go into like a uh a motion. Yeah. yeah, it's just like it's just like now it's like like we keep saying like the ceiling is the roof. Like things just keep going up and up and up, and it's like this team could, you know, it's not, in, to me, it's not impossible. It's not crazy. I think one day this team could make that type of a run. And it just like, it would just be so awesome just to mm. see, you know, this program and this fan base get something like that. It's, it's yeah, just they wild. Ace like, and I, Dylan, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to not imagine that we're not project. We're not in the preseason top 15. We're not, you know, a big 10 favorite going into the season. And if we're preseason top 15 and we're a big 10 favorite, that means we're also a national title team, a contender. Like this is not hyperbole, guys. If if we Ace Bailey alone makes us that. If we land both those guys, man, yeah, holy crap. And I I alluded to it on the boards. I, we're gonna talk about it. It's not out yet. It'll be out tomorrow. But I I'm gonna break the rule here and say the, what the ranking is for our the 2023 class already. They're Good getting board. another five star. Griffiths is a five yes. star. He's number yeah. 20 in the fucking country. You're getting yes. the best shooter in the 2023 class. 
Then you're getting Ace Bailey in the 2024 class. And Del Juan Warren, number 90. Mm-hmm. You're getting Bane Dangu, number 140 now. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is happening? And you might, and like, I don't know if they're, like, obviously we don't know if they're going to, but they're, they're in contention to win the Big Ten this year. Yes. Oh, I did want to bring that up because there's a, there's a quote I was just reading. Um, this is from Randolph Childress, who was a, a multi-year vet in the pros and NBA and blah, blah, blah. We played for Wake Forest. He's on the field of 68 pod. Okay. Rutgers is the Virginia of the Big Ten. If you try to force the pace and get them out of their system, it's going to end up hurting you. Rutgers is for real. They're legit. This year's team is going to make a fucking run. And I mean, be I'm hesitant. <laughs> like, what, like, what would you define a run? Second I'm just hesitant. Three games. Yeah. If we yeah, get to I'm MSG, hedging. honestly, if we get to I'm MSG, eight. anything is possible because that I crowd mean, yeah. is going to be ninety percent Rutgers unless we unless we're in the same bracket as UConn or something like that. That's gonna be just a fucking madhouse. That's gonna be thirteen thousand mm-hmm. Rutgers fans with three thousand other fans. I think anything could happen in that, because the anybody who's been to MSG and had seen one of those moments, like magic takes over in that building. Like we've seen it in the Big Ten tournament, we've seen it with the NIT run Rutgers had in the early two thousands. Like, I I really think that if we get to MSG, we can beat anybody. Yeah, if if you get there, yeah. But if, it's like everything; it comes down to matchups. I got to see, you know, yeah. we got to see who Rutgers is faced up against and everything because it's just. The, I mean, yeah, the defense is as good as anywhere in the country. But I don't know; I'm just a little hesitant to say that they're going to go on a, a run like that just because the offense at times, you know, hits. I mean, they shot thirty. We'll get into it, but I mean, they shot 34% yesterday. Like, I, I just don't think you're going to go on a run shooting like that in the tournament. You're gonna, you're, at some point, you're going to run into a team like like uh, just having a good shooting day, and it's just going to come down whether or not Rutgers can match it. And outside of really Cam Spencer, it's just like there's not really like that knockdown shooter. But then Mont that Mag. leads us back to the yeah, – Moat Mag, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. You never know. I mean, yeah, there's still a ton of season left. So just because I'm saying this now doesn't mean – We'll come back in a, a month or something and be like, oh, wow, what, what a stupid idiot I was. But, um, you know, it's just like, but then the road, all roads lead back to, I mean, Gavin Griffiths, Ace Bailey, maybe Dylan Harper. I mean, that right there, that, like we said, that could, that could be a team that could potentially could t- contend for a national title. It's just crazy to say, crazy to think about. Let's talk about what, what Rutgers would need to kind of develop in the second half of the season to, to really make us a dangerous tournament team. It's a reliable second score. Because right now, Cam is the guy that they're looking for, they're looking to when they need a big shot. But yesterday, Paul hit a couple clutch threes. Mawat Mag hit that clutch three. If one of those two guys can just be really consistent, because Paul has had some awesome offensive games, but he's also just totally disappeared. Like, if we get that second score... That's what we'll need to, to really move on because shooting is what wins in the tournament. Like defense is great, but elite guard play is is what typically is what moves on in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part. But like you'll see teams like Virginia. Like I know I just said the quote that compared Rutgers to Virginia, and they've they've made runs in the past. Like yep. the round of thirty two, they made it to twenty fifteen six or fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen nineteen. Like they made they're making significant runs like 2016 and 19 they made the sweet 16 2019 they made the uh, they won it all in 2019 you know what am i saying yep like some, so sometimes i don't want to say it happens a lot but sometimes those defensive laden teams like will make a good run yep so it's not not unheard of i should say it's possible 
Yeah, so let's talk about the game. Um, obviously, we'll talk more about the Ace Bailey thing over the next coming pods because I'm sure more news will come out and <laughs> we'll just have more to say about it. Um, obviously, Rutgers won yesterday, 68-64, to 64, getting their uh, exercising their Ohio State demons, getting revenge for that screw job in Columbus a couple weeks ago. Uh, the game went to overtime. The game, it was the same. It honestly played a lot. Played out the same way the first Ohio State game played out. Over the you know the final eight minutes, it was a slugfest. Uh, it seemed like anytime we got a shot, Ohio State got a shot. Eventually led to overtime, and Ohio State ran out of steam. Um, but what did you guys see in yesterday's game, um, Craig? You were obviously there. What was the crowd like? Was it? Probably, would you say it was the best crowd of the season? Yeah, yeah. I was saying thinking that yesterday. Where I was like, I knew coming in, I knew going there. Like when I, once I got to the parking lot, I was like parked all the way out at the end. I could tell already, like, this place is going to be packed. It's going to be crazy. It's just, you just knew going in. And then I got inside, and you could see the place was jammed already. The student section was all sold out. So I was like, yeah, this place is going to be amped. And to was me, it, this was. Was, was, was it that? sold out, though? Did someone use, out. like, half the section? Oh, well. <laughs> I'd like to think that even if those uh, guys didn't go, it still would have been sold out. Yeah, but, those um, tickets aren't sold anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Students. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was it was amped, and then um, just going in, I I just knew like this game is going to be crazy, and then the game itself was just um, it was just pound for pound. I, I basically like watching it. I was like, there's no way I can like write, try and write like a recap, trying to keep keep with this game. It was like 17 lean changes, 20 or 22 ties or something. Just it was just basket for basket, back and forth. So I was like, I know how this goes at, at this point. Like it's going to come down to which team can make the big shot at the end. And then it went to, and then at the end, uh, I saw Cam almost hit the, uh, almost. Oh, he, he had the oh chance for the. For, could you imagine? Can you imagine what Cam, that arena would have been like if Cam hits that oh, shot at the end of regulation? I mean, the place would have been just insane. And then, yeah, he, so he misses that, goes to overtime. So it's like, okay, once, and then it goes to overtime basket. But just like the entire second half in the overtime is just basically basket for basket. And then it just came down to the Mawat Mag 3. And once he hit the 3, I was like, okay, there we go. And then I just started writing. Yep. And then it was just like, and then, yep. And that was pretty much all she wrote. And credit to Mag. It's, it's always cool because as we've seen over the years, we've seen so many, you know, we've seen Geo moments, Ron moments. And now kind of Mawat Mag has his moment where he hits the big 3 and the place just erupts. It's just so cool how you, the place gets so quiet when the ball's like in the air. And then once it obviously hits the, it goes to the net, it just, the place just erupts like, Nothing like really nothing you could ever really see outside of really the Jersey Mike's the rack is just really its own like beast. And it's like, and you're, and then going back to Ace Bailey, it's like you're a kid like Ace Bailey and you're sitting there, you're watching. <laughs> and you, like you said, I'm sure NAL had a big role to play, but it's like, you're sitting and you're like, man, it's just like such a cool environment. There's nothing like it. And it's like, of course you want to play here. Like, it's just, it's just so awesome. So, I mean. That's, yeah, you want to say something, Richard? Yeah, the stat sheets, man. Like just the box score. I just keep looking at it over and over, and I can't. You can't hype up Cam enough. I know everyone's like, "Yeah, he's a great scorer," but twenty-one points, seven rebounds, six assists, four steals. That's a fucking stat sheet, right there. And this is on an off-shooting night too. Like he only yeah. missed one free throw the whole season coming into tonight. He missed two last night or yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon. He only went yeah. two for seven from three, but he was still like, I didn't feel like he missed many shots. But looking at the the stat sheet, he did. Yeah, him. Then you got Caleb's stat line, which was 10, 7, 4, 2. Want Mag at 15 and 8. Uh, Mulcahy had 8 or 6 and 4 and 1. Like, it's just, 
And this was a, this was kind of an off night for Cliff, I thought a little bit. Um, it was. Offensively, yeah. Offensively, he was yeah. like, yeah, he was. I don't know. He's having. A, he always has a tough time against Ed Key. It's very weird, but he played but very well defensively. So he also, you know, he was hitting a lot of free throws. He hit his first six free throws. Mm-hmm. So he went six for eight on sure. the day. He was. He's improved a lot from the line. I give him so much credit for that. The whole team has. I mean, yep. you saw Brightman's article the other day. Like, holy shit! Like, their their free throw percentage is what the best in like fifty years or something at this rate. Yeah, it's on on pace to do that or something. Yep. So it's and where does uh, Cam Spencer in total steals? He's got to be pretty close to the top, right? He's got to be. Cliff had six blocks yesterday too. Yeah, That's... I remember he had like three in the first half. I think so. I was like, and so one of them I remember was just him. I mean, he just swatted it to like the. the Second row. I mean, it was just crazy. This isn't including yesterday, but before yesterday, he was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. It was twelfth, but the difference was twelve steals. So probably, if you add those four, and I'm not changing anyone else's, obviously, because I don't know what their numbers are, he'd be fourth currently. Jeez. Yeah, in total steals, that's just extremely impressive. I mean, I was just thinking too. I mean, obviously, Zach Eadie's on that is like a contender for like play, play national player of the year but could you make the case am I, or am i crazy that you could make the, could you make the case that cam spencer might be so far the mvp of the big 10 and i say mvp in that valuable i can't stress that word enough valuable when you look at what they m- mean for their team that is still more important 80 yeah he's like he's like he's like out of team that's all like he's basically it's basically ed and a bunch of freshmen playing yeah no mm-hmm. it's unfortunately it's still it's still ed so now, is Cam number two? Cam would be on first team Big Ten right now if the season ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's Ten, obviously I'm... one of the I, – I mean, first – yeah, who – I think it's first or second team. I, I can't – I think – no, I think he's probably first team right now. Um, yeah, I was, now, say, I was I thinking think... – no, go on. Two other guards that have played better than him in the Big Ten this year. I can't – Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm thinking, like, if – I know they don't have this award, but I was thinking about it the other day. If they did have, like, a newcomer of the year award for the Big Ten, it's it's Cam. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, hear me out, Big Ten. Just how, about idea. Tra- how about transfer of the year? Uh, is that a thing? I don't know, but I feel like it should be. Uh, no, I looked this up the other day. Who was it? There's another kid in the Big Ten. They said was better. Fuck, who was it? There was uh, there was a big transfer. Uh, but Cam's probably top like top five transfer in the con- in the country. I would assume. Mm. Um, so they had someone else. Who the hell was it? It was, a uh, shit. I don't know. Uh, Terrence, no, not Terrence. Although Terrence Shannon is having a very good year. He had the Illinois transfer. He's from Texas Tech. Went to Illinois, and he's he's averaging, like, 18, 6, and 3. It's, like, it's pretty good. <laughs> you want to talk yeah, newcomers I mean, of the year, though? Bryce Sensabaugh is a fucking problem. That dude is so good. He was just hitting yeah, shots. Good. You know, whenever he wanted to, in clutch moments, that kid's a one and done. I'm glad he won't be in the Big Ten next year, but he killed us, man. He he got shots at will, especially down the stretch. Um, he's on my like all I hate this guy Big Ten team. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine Fair he's enough. on a lot of teams as well for other teams. But yeah, I expect I fully expect Gavin Griffiths to be on that team next year, and yeah. that all, the all I hate you Big Ten. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, with those with those goggles, that's just I hate to say it. Like you see that on the court and you see this guy draining threes in front of you and it's just like motherfucker. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Cam might be on that list right now for other team, for other obviously fan oh, bases. For, I mean, for sure, uh, yeah, hundred percent. He's, he's definitely on two of them at least, and he might talk more shit on the court than anyone I've ever seen at Rutgers. That's the best part. <laughs> I love it. Did you guys see that talking. clip of uh, it was like the the alternate view of him hitting that shot, and you get the audio. He's like, "Got awful quiet in here." I guess. The oh yeah. Western. Oh yeah. yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, he just he loves he talks more shit than anybody though. I love it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hilarious. So now Rutgers is in sole possession of second place in the Big Ten currently. Uh, they're a half game behind mm-hmm. Purdue. Rutgers' next game is on Thursday at Michigan State. Michigan State's third in third, tied for third place in the Big Ten right now. A really tough game. Michigan State might be playing the best ball in the Big Ten right now. Um, we'll definitely have a preview pod for that. But Rutgers' schedule it doesn't get any easier moving forward um, if you kind of do a, a bit of a look ahead. So Rutgers plays at Michigan State on Thursday, and then they play at home versus Penn State, I believe, on the following Tuesday. Then they play at Iowa and then Minnesota and Emmett, uh, Michigan State again at MSG. So Rutgers has an opportunity here to really kind of surge to the top of the, the Big Ten leaderboards because uh, Purdue's only loss on the season still is against Rutgers. And Purdue <laughs> also plays at Michigan State, uh, at Minnesota versus Maryland, at Michigan. Then they play Michigan State again. It's almost like they're following our schedule here. Um, yeah, very creative uh, bunch in the Big Ten. Yeah, the upper echelon, I should say. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Michigan State. I mean, it'll be good. I think that'll be a good measuring stick game, though. I mean, like you said, Michigan's playing this unbelievable ball. Kind of that. Right now, it's right now. I'd say the Big Ten is kind of. It, I mean, the Big Ten is good from top to bottom. But right, right now, it's kind of like the a little bit of a three team race right now between Rutger, Purdue, Rutgers, and the Michigan State are kind of that top of the top. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's once again, it's just gonna be another great, I think, great test for Rutgers to see. You can take down Michigan State, especially at Michigan State. I mean, geez, that's just Michigan's just playing really well too. They had a slow start, Michi- but yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. it will probably. I mean, things will probably bunch up as we go along. But right now, it's kind of like you, if you can go into Michigan State and beat Michigan State, just once again, you're proving that that this team could be special, and it's just crazy. Yeah, before before Illinois beat them on the, uh, at home, they'd won their last seven games. They they won at Wisconsin. They beat Michigan at home. Um, they beat Penn State on the road, and while Penn State doesn't have a, a great atmosphere, Penn State's really good this year. They're they're definitely underrated. I'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. that, Richie, because you've been covering them. But Drewsbury's yeah, got I, these I guys playing really well. I compare them to Pike all the time. Like they they play really good defense. They hustle. They rebound. He ended up getting a really good transfer in former Siena guard uh, Jalen Pickett, who's been dominant. Um, I don't want to make this like the Penn State pod, but they, it's if you watch their team play, like just. I, just watch one of their games. It's basically Pike all year one and year two. And it's Except all way focused more on three pointers. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. chucking a lot, but they're going in. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that that would be a tough one. Um, but every game's a tough one. I don't, I don't even know why we try to like predict this anymore. Cause this is the team that goes on like this crazy seven game winning streak. And then it's like, yeah, this is the team that lost in uh, Minnesota. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, the fuck. Like I don't, and it's just crazy. I don't like. I don't think Ohio State's bad, really, by any stretch. But now they've lost four straight, and they've kind of tumbled now to the bottom of the Big Ten. It's just like it shows you there's no, there's like no room for for like error in this league because you like you lose four straight, and next thing you know, you find yourself in the basement. It's like holy. I mean, holy Ohio shit. State played good enough to win yesterday. Let's be real. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Rutgers just they had you know if if if. if if we needed, you know, 15 shots to win, Ohio State made 14, and they missed their 15. It was, it came down to, you know, 
a couple shots and Rutgers made them at the end in overtime and Ohio State didn't. Um, in, in terms of the metrics for Rutgers now, Rutgers is now currently 16th in the net, 14th in Ken Palm, 11th by ESPN's Basketball Power Index, uh, 10th in Bart Torvik rankings. Uh, they're now three and two in quad one, two and two in quad two, uh, two and one in quad three and six and in quad four. If you're looking at like the bracketologist outlook on this, this is a team that's currently sitting on the four five line for a seating, which would be huge because that starts to get into like preferential seating or placement in the tournament. So, you know, there's a, uh, there's a sub regional in Albany, which would be great for Rutgers fans. Cause that's the only site that's like within, I want to say, uh, I think hundred miles of campus. Greensboro's one, Columbus far, is one as well. But, yeah. Um, but then the East Regionals at MSG, we keep talking about this, but get Rutgers to MSG mm-hmm. in the second weekend, anything could happen. Because um, that imagine just Rutger- a scarlet just imagine Rutgers, UConn. At the well, we don't want UConn because UConn would bring a ton of fans. <laughs> yeah, we want I know, it to be like anybody else. From a, from a crowd <laughs> perspective. Oh, you don't want to yeah. play them either. They're pretty – No, I, I mean, they're struggling recently. They lost to St. John's yesterday, but they're, their team's – holy shit. Like, they have two big yeah. – Just from, a, from an atmosphere perspective, that would just be It'd be crazy. Cool. It'd be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else we can say on hoops. <laughs> I mean, we <laughs> did a good hype job there. There's, <laughs> there's not much more to say. It's all positive. St. Pike, put a statue up, lifetime contracts. I don't think he's going anywhere, but I think it'll be I interesting want... to see what happens with this contract in the next year or two, even though you just got yeah. a new deal. Give him the Izzo contract. As long yeah. as uh, you want to be here, you get an extra year every year. That's how it works. <laughs> like, we just redo it every, like, January 1st. Like, uh, Pike, you still want to be here? Yeah. Okay. Re up. Done. Here you go. Here's your money. It's like there's Bobby Bonilla Day. It'll be Steve Peichel Day. You just every yeah. day on every June, every January first, just add another year. At this point, like I'm telling you, build the guy a statue. Do this. Do that. Name it the. I don't even care. Someone get a GoFundMe, take down Jersey Mike's. It's Steve Peichel's arena. Well, and yeah, I, I was gonna say it. Maybe they they named the court a little too early after Civiv. Um, maybe they can <laughs> rename it after. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll Steve Peichel Court. Yeah. I mean. You'd be crazy not to. You got to do something for this guy. I don't. I don't care what you do. Give him the, like, give him a banner already. I just put his name up there. Yeah, uh, love Pike. He's probably my favorite coach in Rutgers history. And this is as a fan who's only been a fan for about twenty <clears throat> years compared to some of the other uh, old heads. Um, but old heads. Man, I'm. Uh, I can't. You, you, like you said, Rich, you can't say enough good things about the basketball team right now. Yeah. Um, but let's kind of pivot. Um, there's some football recruiting news as well. So there was a oh yeah, there's a football team. Yeah, there was a football team apparently. <laughs> um, so there was a big junior day yesterday. Um, I guess we could talk about like you know the top kids that were there, what they thought, <clears> and then get into the the commitment. But what are you hearing about how the junior day went yesterday, Rich? So Alex is going to have an article up very shortly. By the time you're listening to this, it's probably already up. Um, We've been talking to kids nonstop for the past 24 hours, I guess, at this point. Uh, I'm probably exaggerating a little bit. But, uh, yeah, everyone said it's like, loved the visit. They thought it was great. Um, ton of big names came. Zaheer Mathis was the top five kid in – or top six kid in uh, – what what is that? 2025 class. So he's one that came. There was um, – trying to think. Colin Cubberley, 
Cooper Ackerman. Um, there, there's just a ton of good news. Everyone was just had a good time. They got to see the hoops environment, which always helps to show the potential of what Rutgers could could be like on the on the gridiron. Also, um, Kevin Haywood, uh, four star. Kenny Jones committed already. Gabe Winowich just committed, who we're probably talking about in a second. Uh, Jabri Coleman, ton twenty twenty five. There's just so I, I could keep going on name after name. Um, they hosted the Pitt commit, who actually had a really good time. I'm told. And just here, Whittington, he's a four-star also. Um, this the Rutgers is just off to a good start in recruiting right now, it seems like. Uh, they're, they're getting a little juice flowing. Now uh, you just got to ride that momentum, and that's the biggest thing with recruiting is you just keep riding the momentum, especially with football recruits, just because once you get one, it's like a domino effect yep. for the most part because there's mm-hmm. 25, 26, 27 spots sometimes. You get one, and it's like one, two, three, four, five, and it's like, okay, that makes sense. It's like last year, I think, with the portal or the year before, whatever it was, I remember we did like three pods in one day. Yes. Yep. It was just like transfer, 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 transfer. It's like, okay, Jesus, like relax. Um, but yeah, no, everyone had a really good day. And like I said, they, they landed a commitment in a, a pretty good athlete out of Michigan. Yes. Let's talk about him. So Chase Winowich, um, he goes Gabe. to, what's that? Gabe, Gabe Winowich. What did I say? Chase. Jesus Christ. Okay, sorry. sorry <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have corrected you, honestly. Gabriel Winowich, my bad, <laughs> um, committed to Rutgers. He is from Detroit Country Day School <clears throat> in Michigan. Um, if that sounds mm-hmm. familiar, that's also where uh, former Rutgers commit and then Iowa quarterback uh, Tyler Beakers went. Um, well, he was a decommit, and then he went to Iowa. Um, so he uh, is a 6'1", 220-pound athlete. He plays running back in, in DB, I believe, in high school. He is a thick kid when you watch him on tape. He's also just clearly – the speed jumps off the tape as well. I don't know his level of competition, but he, this looks like a really solid commitment for Rutgers. Uh, what are you hearing about Gabe Winovich, and uh, what do you like about his game, Rich? So I'm going to pull up his uh, – where is it? You, you think he's speedy? I don't think he's that fast. To be honest, I mean the like, few clips I've seen tape, of him, like, he, he had a lot of breakaway runs. Yeah, it just looks like he's just like a an old school running back that just loves to fucking contact. He loves to hit people. Like if he's a he's a two sport athlete, he plays lacrosse as well. Um, he's got like the tree trunk like legs that uh Saquon has, and it's just constant muscle. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's super fast, but he has really good vision. Um. It's just an old school type in between the tackles running back. It seems like for the most part. Now he obviously you saw right there. He did a kick return too. Uh, he's very versatile. I know they're not taking him as a running back per se. He's a hundred percent an athlete, but he just sheds tackles. He's really low to the ground. It looks like um, he just looks like a really good back. Like I'm just trying to watch these plays I'm here and there. To like do that ESPN music they play over like highlights. It's like that. Yeah, he just he looks like a really good back though. I don't know who to compare him to, and I I think he should be a running back a hundred percent. I think he should be a running back a hundred percent, but uh, I don't I don't know where else he could really play. But I was told he's an athlete. I know he's a all state running back and defensive end, but I don't think he's defensive end in the future. No, but uh, yeah, this is this is a really good early get. He doesn't have many offers yet because he hasn't went too many places or camps many places. Uh, he's only got Rutgers, Maryland, and Marshall, but it's a it's a really solid athlete, um, really good prospect. Uh, like I said before, he's super athletic, so he's a two sport athlete. Plays lacrosse for uh, Country Day. I don't know how good he is at lacrosse, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think this is a really good early get. I know he's a high three star already. I think he's one of the top ten kids in Michigan for his class too. So. 
there's a good chance that he gets that four star ranking eventually, or a four star bump. Yeah, and it sounded like uh, his brother went to Lawrenceville Prep as well, um, and he oh, really yes. liked the area, and that's kind of what uh, sold Gabe on like visiting. And turns out Gabe also <laughs> liked the area as, uh, as well because he ended up committing. Um, do you think there's any other possible commits coming out of the the visit weekend? Um, every time I look at the list, I don't think so. The only one I was really close that I thought would be close, and I'm really close to putting a future cast in with, would be Teddy Foster at a Cardinal Mooney down in Florida. So Drew Lascari was the head coach at Mooney. Uh, they didn't really play; he didn't play for Lascari, but uh, they are familiar with one another. Um, obviously, he still has connections to the school. Uh, so he came up for his second unofficial visit in two months, three months, whatever it is. Uh, he came late September. Uh, for a game day visit, and now he's back up again. Hasn't visited anywhere else, so it's always a concern when a Florida kid wants to commit and he hasn't visited anywhere else because yep. we've seen it in the past. But uh, he, he seems a little bit different. He seems like a very uh, smart kid. He knows he, what he's doing in terms of decisions. I don't think he's going to be ready to make a decision just yet, but he's very, very close. And if Rutgers pushes, I think they could land him. So that would be the other one i keep a close eye on. Interesting. Um <clears throat> But yeah, it's, Rutgers really needed a a bit of a boost to the future classes, between 24, 25, and 26. Getting an early commit like like Winowich is, is a good way to start that. Also having you know an awesome atmosphere at Jersey Mike's. Because this is kind of for any for any recruit who hasn't been to a football game, you know, it's not like you're deceiving them, but if you can see like this is what it looks like when a Rutgers team succeeds, be a part of, you know, turning this football program around. This is what it'll be like. Uh, when you know our team is fully turned around for football games, because it will. If if Rutgers starts winning, SHI Stadium will be a madhouse again. Because it was for you know the post Louisville 2006 years, every game was a sellout. Every game was a crazy environment. Rutgers was winning against top ten teams. You know anybody who's going to games. You know we beat Louisville, we beat USF when they were both ranked number two. Like Rutgers mm-hmm. can be that crazy environment for football games. It's just. You can't just throw stinkers out there, and that's what it comes down to. Once once this program is fully turned around, that can be the vision you sell, and that's probably what Greg's saying is like, you know, once we're to where the basketball team is, this is what you're going to see on game days. So, even though it's not yeah. like the team he's selling, it's kind of what he can sell for what can be at Rutgers. Um, yeah, and the basketball team just shows like obviously NIL. NIL's changed everything. We know that, but also, the, but winning, winning basically cures basically all. I mean, if you can start winning, that just, you see it. It just it starts the ball rolling, and next thing you know, all of a sudden you kind of build up maybe some build up kind of some I guess NIL cash like a cachet I guess. So all of a sudden, then it just gets the it gets the it just gets the ball rolling, and next thing you know, you know you're you're landing yourself in Ace Bailey. It's like it's just it's just crazy. And it's just like, but you got to start. Just got to start with winning on winning on Saturdays or whenever I guess whenever you play the game usually Saturdays, but yes, um so. just 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 as like like we always go back to it's just like you got to start off to me the to me the the expectation at least going into the season is six wins bowl eligibility that's kind of and to me that's kind of where you can start getting start building some of that momentum getting some of these recruits and show that hey we might not be the top of the class now but if you can come here you can help us build two potentially being like that and it all just it all just starts with winning football games yeah i know um it's tough football you can you, it's such a harder rebuild you don't yes. you can't do it yeah, with yeah. one to two kids like you need 25 kids yeah. honestly or something like that like you need the classes 
yeah. to like really build up that mm-hmm. reputation. And, and I, I know uh, maybe he turns it around. Maybe he doesn't with football. No one really knows. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be really hard. NIL plays a huge factor now because NIL was very dominant in basketball for a long time, and everyone knew about it. Well, now NIL. it's dominant in f- what? Yeah, NIL. Yeah. Here. Here's here's McDonald's bag full of fucking <laughs> cash. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very tough to uh, now it's in football. Now it's like extremely tough to compete. Um, and it's just it's it's so out and about there. You can't just buy one to two players and yeah. make make a team. Like it's in, it's it's going to be hard. Like it's not going to be easy for Rutgers football, but. They got their their staff together for the most part. Um, And there's also, it's it's not a cure-all either. Look at what happened with Miami and look at what happened with Texas A&M this year. Two of arguably the biggest NIL budgets in college football. They buy a whole new roster. It's a bunch of mercenaries. And they totally shit the bed. Like, Texas A&M started the season as a top 10 team. Then what did they finish? Five and seven? Jimbo's on the hot seat, but Jimbo can't get fired because he's making, he's got that crazy contract. Mario Cristobal's mm-hmm. first year, he basically like turns the program over, so he's got a little <laughs> bit more like wiggle room there. But they, Miami, I don't even know what they went. Would they go like six and six this year, something like that? In, the, in a uh, bad ACC, really bad ACC, which is going to be ran by Florida State next year. But that's besides yeah. the point. But then um, you look at the other side of the coin. USC shows basically what you can do in NIL. I think it's a little bit different of a story because Lincoln Riley is one of the best coaches in college football. He brought mm-hmm. over a Heisman quarterback. Like anytime you bring over, you know, a guy who knows your offense, first of all, in Caleb Williams, second of all, is as talented as him. It's hard to, it's hard to lose uh, given that situation. And Miami and, and uh, Texas A&M didn't have a high level quarterback that they were bringing in. It was basically the team around the existing quarterbacks. Um, yeah. It's, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to quarterback. And yeah. we know Kirk wants a guy that's accurate. I don't know if Wimsat starts, if that's the case. I think uh, Evan Simon yeah. might be the starter next year. So don't, I'm not, I'm just looking a little too far ahead, ahead but it's going to so, be interesting. I do think that's a great transition as like one of the last topics to talk about. So Kirk Sirocco made his Rutgers debut uh, against or for the Ohio state junior day. Uh, he was mm-hmm. seen in person. He was with the recruits. He was, you know, schmoozing. Um, he also made his first offer. Uh, to a quarterback, Stone Saunders, in the 2025 class Mm -hmm. out of Bishop McDevitt. Um, He's a bit undersized, but Stone Saunders is, you know, he's really accurate as a quarterback, which, uh, like you already said, that's that's, honestly, this should be any quarterback evaluator's first thing they look for is, is he accurate? Because if he's accurate, that means he's probably got good, repeatable mechanics to begin with, because that's so much of it, because (laughs) – Deep balls are always going to be less accurate than short passes, but if you have good mechanics, you're just like more likely to get the ball where you're trying to get to. So, you know, some guys just started playing quarterback, and that's one thing. But if you've been playing quarterbacks in Little League or Mighty Mites or Pop Warner, whatever you played, um, it's really tough to kind of switch up how you throw the ball versus if a guy starts playing football as a junior in high school or something like that. Yeah. No, it's it's accuracy. Accuracy is always going to be number one, and they're going to try to try to make it work, I guess, with the current roster. We'll see what happens uh, post spring, but right now it sounds like they're going into spring with the three quarterbacks that they currently have in uh, Johnny, Gavin, and uh, Evan. So we'll we'll see what happens with football. It's going to be and interesting. Johnny just enrolled too, so he'll be in spring practice. Yeah, so Which is we'll see what he can do. Yeah, of course. I don't know if he'll play at all, but we'll we'll see. 
Um, right. So there's obviously two spots still open on the offensive coaching staff. Uh, mm-hmm. did you, have, have you heard anything regarding, you know, names for those roles or when those roles might be filled? I thought they would probably try to get them filled before uh, junior day, just so that the kids can uh, interact with these guys. But Scott Malone's taking over OL for now. Um, could be a permanent thing, could not. He's on the road. He's out there recruiting. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he, they just gave him the job at this point. I know Shiano's going to aim for the home run hire first and foremost and try to figure that out, but it does sound like uh, Valone's got a pretty good shot at that, at that job. In terms of uh, – what's the other one? Tight ends. I haven't heard anything. It's, like, extremely quiet right now. Um, I'm assuming their second junior day is what? Not next, Is it next weekend? It is next weekend. Next – or no, two weekends, the 28th. So they're going to try – they're obviously host kids on campus in between then. Um, they'll also be out on the road for the most part. That's where it gets tough is you have to balance recruiting with adding a coach. And it's like, it, it's, it's extremely tough for a guy like Shiano who's going like to, uh, where was he at last week? He was in Florida on Monday. Then he has to come back on, or he was on Florida on Friday. He has to come back to Pennsylvania on Saturday. He's got to go to New, New Jersey on Sunday for the junior day. And then this and that and this and that. And it's, it's a tough balance, but he has been reaching out. He has been putting out feelers and calls. We know he already called Darnell Stapleton who uh, is staying at Florida for now. Um, I'm sure Callahan has a call out there in Minnesota. Um, I'm sure there's probably someone else we don't know about that has a call, but it's, uh, it's, it's all quiet. It's all quiet on the east, Eastern front. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. So stay tuned to yeah. the, the boards and, and Twitter. Cause if it's anything like this past, uh, hire, it'll just kind of come out of nowhere. And I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at myself because I couldn't, like we've been talking about how Shiano likes to hire from his own tree, guys he's comfortable with and familiar with. We should have put the pieces together with with uh, Soraka because all the all the tea leaves were there. He got the extension in December. We yeah. you know we know what Shiano likes to look for in a in a coordinator. He likes to play this complimentary football. He likes to play ball control. Obviously, Kirk has been his OC in the past. I I'm kicking myself over that that we couldn't put those pieces together. But it's tough. Once he got that extension, I think it was mm-hmm. more like, all right, yeah, he's not he's not going to Rutgers. He's just got he's got big money. And it's like, yep. all right, we kind of pushed it aside and a month goes by and it's like, oh, oh shit, Rutgers has big money. <laughs> like yep. what's the what's yeah, the quote, Craig? Money. What's the quote that you've been saying? What? It's like they don't have the money until they have the money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's they don't have the money until they need the money. That's yeah, yeah, that's more what it is. That's it. And by the way, I don't want to. I don't want to bring in a, a, a sour note. But I, Richie, didn't you want to mention something about Gavin about his uh, eye? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so Gavin, Gavin uh, Griffiths. Gavin Griffiths. Got in- Griffiths. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Gavin Griffiths, not Gavin. Yeah. Uh, although, <laughs> hear me out. I've seen the passes he threw this past season, <laughs> and it's like, nah, maybe he needs glasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. No, but yeah, Gavin Griffiths uh, went up for a, a lay-in or dunk or whatever it was. He, he went drove to the rim the other day and got elbowed in in the eye. Uh, I think it's we were talking about before the orbital, whatever this is right here. I'm not going to mm. show it on screen because it is pretty. It's pretty gruesome. But his eye is like swollen shut completely. Black eye uh, broke a couple bones in his face, so he'll be good. Obviously, give him time to heal. But I don't think you'll hear much about him uh, playing wise anytime soon. But at least uh, he's been out there enough to get that five-star rating, which is huge. Yes. Um, number 20 and number 140 now in that class, along with Michael Davis, who I think is pretty underrated. A little raw, but uh, 
very good player still. So we'll see. I think Rutgers 2024 that, class yes, is currently top three also. Is it? Um, you might know better than they me. They have two I top 100 the rankings, to be honest. Um, obviously, it's it's a long ways to go, but uh, really lofty rankings for Rutgers in basketball recruiting. And basketball recruiting is weird, too, because, like, remember the year that we had a top 10 class under Mike Rice, and it's because we took, like, seven guys? Yes, it's extremely bizarre. <laughs> yeah, so it's – you typically only take two to four players in a recruiting class. So if you have four players and they're all low four stars, it's going to look, it's going to rank higher than if you land just two kids and they're both top 50. It's, it's a weird system. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you'd rather have the two. I'm just imagining Gavin, like, I don't, I'm just yeah. imagining Gavin. I don't, I don't think he does. If you said Richie, but I, I hope he doesn't, but if he needs, if he was to need to work done on the eye, just to fix it, it'd be like, they put him in, they get him. They're like, the guy is the guy has great shooting. It's like, but what if we could make him make his act like? What if we could make him better? Like they like make him like the six million dollar. Like oh my god! <laughs> End it. End it on this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, guys. No. So anyway, real real quick, I just got to throw some two things out there, three things out there. Um, number three <laughs> in twenty twenty four currently. Number okay. thirty at the moment. Wait till it changes tomorrow. They're going to go up. Number thirty in twenty twenty three. I think that with the two new additions, it will put them in the top 25 somewhere. I don't know where exactly. Whatever. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Um, what was the third thing? I had something else I had to say. Oh, shout out to Skang. That man's got the craziest suit ever. Like the sequin, all red suit. They're all talking about it on the boards. Um, yep. No offense to that guy who was yelling at him to, to be quiet during the game, but fuck that guy. And I know Skang well, was inside. So I just had to, had to give yeah, him a little Yeah, I, I think what happened was the guy sitting next to him, Basically said he's going to punch him in the face if he spilled beer on him, which I don't, you know, I don't, I wasn't at the game. I, I wasn't I sitting was in that white. section. Which I could well, understand. So the guy. That, yeah, would, that would be pretty mad, but I, but it, I don't it know. It looked like from somewhere. at one point in the game, Chris Carlin was yelling at him. I think that was taken a bit out of context. I think probably the whole, That's the whole event saying. was resolved fairly quickly. But uh, anyway, I think there's never two, a dull moment. There's never a dull Jersey moment at Jersey Mike's. Uh, <laughs> I think there are two things. Uh, I wanted to mention too, really quick. One is mm-hmm. we have some really good content for this this week for you guys. We have a couple guests who will be coming on the pod. I think you'll be yes. really excited to hear from. I don't want to, in case they don't work out, I don't want to uh, tease it too much. But if if they both uh, end up coming on, I think you guys are going to be really excited for those. And two, we got my Eagles facing your G-Men next week in uh, the wild card oh, in the divisional round. So we got to make a bet here. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit off the air, um, but I think if the the Eagles win, I get to pick out an Eagle shirt that you got to wear for the next pod. And if the Giants win, Fair. you can pick out a shirt that I got to buy and wear for the next pod. Oh, I'm gonna get a good one now. <laughs> Within might reason, to, I might even order it. Yes, I might even order it already. Something that's like you know 25, 30 bucks. But uh, yeah, and I'm over no, here just we thirsty can... about Lamar liking a tweet potentially coming to the Jets. So yeah, it's like that. <laughs> It's like that Family Guy meme where it's like everybody puts their hands in, and then Craig is the Jets fan <laughs> with the wooden hand. Yeah, <laughs> we got playoffs to talk about. <clears throat> oh, you better win God. next week, Mike. I cannot live. I cannot <sighs> live through another Giants run. I can't do it. I, I sat through two. I can't do three. You guys better win next week. I think Although Eagles, an Eagles run, an Eagles run wouldn't make me happy either. But I mean, I guess better than the will Giants. anything make a Jets fan happy though. Let's be real. No, you guys just not. misery uh, personified. Yeah. <laughs> Like another, like another Giants run would just, I think I'd vomit. 
like uh, it's nothing against the Giants. I think it's just I just think it's just a place of pure jealousy where it's just like I can't, I can't. Yeah, I'm honest. I'm an I'm an honest man. You know. Um, it's, not, just, it's not you, Richie. Rock, Richie, it's not you. It's me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh my god. Um, since we're on the topic, I just want to just say this real quick. CJ Stroud, you might be the stupidest motherfucker of all time. So, if you go back to college, like, so he's got until today to do announce, right? Yeah, but there's like a ton of speculation he's going back. Like, what are you doing? I mean, the NIL deal he would have to get to stay would be massive. Um, but we we need 13 mil to keep our roster together. You need 13 mil for your fucking quarterback, dummy. Like. Um, so Ryan, Day, so, let's, let's be honest. Is, is, is he going to stay? Is he even going to like? Are they going to keep him at this point? They're pissed off. Can't lose the Michigan. So play. I just saw something really cool. Um, Brandon Knight. Do you follow him on uh, I, the Instagram? video? Yep, so the video, video just came out of uh, Ace Bailey committing in the locker room and everybody losing their shit. Um, uh-huh. Really I'll cool moment there. Um, so check that out. I think it's on Twitter. We can retweet that. I, I will think kick. Just, yeah, we, kick, yeah. No offense to him. I'm putting it up too. <laughs> Brandon Lane has zero posts on Instagram, and it's just a story of of Ace Bailey committing. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to Stroud, the 13 – so you're saying 13 mil to keep Stroud? No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm just uh, throwing a number out there. But, well, okay, I mean, you need significant that. money to go back yeah, to yeah. college in my and opinion. just to get – I mean, I guess at the end of the day, getting to the national championship would be – is awesome. But just to get what you're – just to get ass, your ass kicked by Georgia again. So, yeah, by Rock, by you know, so here's here's my thing about yeah. CJ Stroud. He struggled a lot this season. If you go and look at his some of his game logs, he had some really, really, really bad games. But then yeah. he goes against Georgia and plays the best game of his career. This is a weak quarterback class. Yeah, They're talking about freaking Will Levis going number one, which is an absolute joke. What? So when your main competition is Will Levis and Bryce Young, you're going to have teams that pick apart those two to know it. Because Bryce Young... He's probably the best quarterback, but he's small and he's like slight. It's different when you're small and like have a frame like Russell Wilson where you can take hits. He's thin, man. He is tiny. He's probably going to measure in at like 5'10, 180 pounds. That is not an NFL quarterback's frame. And then you have. I can't believe they kept it so close against Georgia either. Like, Georgia is just. They should have won that game. Like a, they were a field goal away from a national championship. I know. Team. I can't. I, they're just stunned. Like, and then you watch Georgia just completely. Stupid completely embarrassed TCU. Like Georgia is just like a friggin' like minor league foot, like NFL team. Like they, they would be, they would beat some NFL teams this year, undoubtedly. Um, but then you look at next year's class, you have Caleb Williams and you have Drake may who are definitely going over CJ Stroud. Those two guys. Um, can Drake may go? Can Drake may can go next year. Yep. Yeah, we did redshirt. Wow. Okay. 21, 22, 23. But yeah. Caleb Williams is going to go number one in, in any draft he enters. So, I, I don't know. I I don't get it. I maybe he doesn't want to play for Houston Texans. I get that. <laughs> um, ultimately, like you got to position your like. If you look at what happened with like Zach Wilson, right? He goes to the mm-hmm. Jets. They pl- they play him right away rather than play a veteran. They they've already talked about how that was a mistake. They probably should have given him some time to develop. But you got to land in a good spot. Because you've seen, like, look at Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a great example. He, the organization was led by Gettleman, who was a terrible GM. They had two terrible coaches there coaching him. Look at what happens when they bring in a good coach. They instantly can put – they don't even have good players around him. They have, like, Saquon and a good offensive line. But they are scheming up ways to get him, you know, easy button passes. Like, Daniel Jones looks like a good quarterback with a good coach. Like, that, 
that was always his thing. He's not a superstar, but he can be competent when they have a competent offense. And the Giants have put dog shit around him for three years. And year four, they have a good coach. And that's so important to land in a good situation as a young quarterback because it could just tank your career if it's not. I don't even think, but I don't even think Stroud would go first overall. I think Bryce Young would go over him. Like that's. I think Stroud will once once the combine once the combine hits, and like Mike said, they're going to measure him in, and they're like, "This motherfucker's five eight. Like, yeah, what the hell? No, like there was a picture of him standing next to Kyler Murray for one of the um, the Heisman commercials. Yeah, and he's shorter than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray came in at like five nine and three quarters, something like that. So maybe it was the angle, or maybe it was like the positioning on the screen, but. He's not tall. It's concerning. Yeah, no, it's it's concerning. So I, I really think he goes number one, unless Will Levis, like, they're, they're all going to be in awe at his combine. They're going to be like, oh, my God, he throws the ball so accurate in T-shirts and shorts. That's, yeah, no, that's the other thing. Every dipshit GM and coaching staff that missed on Josh Allen is going to see that in Will Levis, like the quarterback who's got all the tools, slightly inaccurate in college, numbers don't wow you. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to be like, exactly. oh, this is the next guy, because honestly – Josh Allen was the outlier in that situation. If you take an inaccurate, big-armed quarterback, it's like there's way more Paxton Lynches than there are Josh Allens. I'll just put it that way. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like there's way more so Brock after- Osweilers, and they're, they they don't, they yeah. didn't have the mobility that that Josh Allen had. So I'll put that caveat in there. But mm-hmm. accuracy is so but, hard to fix. Yeah. So now that now that you did that little Giants hype thing, I just wanna I wanna know which which T-shirt do you want. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's you got not a bunch me. Of you got to pick it. I'm not gonna, oh, I'm not gonna influence you. Oh, yeah, all right, you even, get to pick even it. better. Oh, this is uh, this is gonna be fun. Uh, yeah. So uh, that game, we'll close this here because we talked, uh, we talked for a while. But so that opened as a a, a Philly uh, minus seven and a half favorite. It's already moved to minus seven, and anybody who knows betting, that's a key Ooh. number. So for it to move off seven and a half that quickly, there's probably a lot of sharp money coming in on on the Giants. But it'll be a good game. I don't see it as a blowout. Um, I think it'll be close. I think it's the it's the right number right now. I think it probably could move down to six and a half, which is also mm-hmm. huge. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the Eagles win, but I don't think it's going to be easy by any means. Yeah, you can't. It's hard to beat the team three times, let alone twice. And it's ultimately going to come down to health. Like Jalen, if he's anywhere close to one hundred percent, Lane Johnson was hurt. CJ uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was hurt. So if we get a full team and they're healthy, I think we could win. But I think we will win, I should say. But who knows until they get on the field on Saturday. So going to be fun. All right, guys. Again, one of the, the most anticipated podcasts I think we've ever put out. I had so many people yeah. be like, where is it? Where is it? Where's the podcast? <laughs> and I wanted to record last night, but it, it, it wasn't going to work. I was pretty tuned up, too. I was drinking all day. I um, was incoherent after yeah. that game. <laughs> but... <laughs> For me, it would have been else, funny. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been an interesting. Maybe one pod. of those days, right? Maybe better yeah. we didn't. Um, <laughs> but we really appreciate you guys tuning in, and we really appreciate that you know it's become expected that you know a podcast is to come out after big news, and it's cool mm-hmm. that feedback loops really. And I'm just glad the podcast is doing well ultimately. So for me and everybody else, this has been another edition of the Network Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.